Chris Lomas, absolutely delighted and thrilled to have you on my show, the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. Unwittingly, I didn't know that you've been following me for quite a while. We met at Leah's party recently, and uh, I recognise you straight away. Very proud to have met you then, uh, and very proud to call you a friend. I think what you're doing is incredible. So rather than me tell everyone, just give us an overview of what you're doing now. Uh, first and foremost, Chris, thank you. I have been following you and you have quietly inspired me for some time now. And and listening to your journey um, has really encouraged me and and certainly through some challenging times has has enabled me to to kind of look at you and admire you from a distance and and to use the things that you've been saying and the the experiences you've been sharing and apply them to my own life particularly at those dark points those low points uh, as well as being able to celebrate the the achievements as well but to mm -hmm. answer your question um my wife and i moved over from the uk uh almost two years ago we're almost about to celebrate our second anniversary and there is a poignancy about that which i'll touch on but uh but in brief and as an overview we now fight on three fronts uh, we fight poverty human trafficking and support refugees flooding across the border from ukraine i mean i've got goosebumps you know when, when i read your profile and you told me all about what you do um it kind of really took me back. Then I was watching some of the videos that you do. So I, I want to get I want to get right into this. I want I think I want to start with with trafficking. How big of an issue is it? So it's 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 an easy but yet tragic response. Uh, human trafficking is one of the fastest growing criminal networks in the world. It is estimated to be in excess of a hundred and $50 billion industry per year. Just to give that some context, Coca-Cola, which is a brand we all recognize and mm. like or don't like, uh, is a $33 billion industry. So human trafficking eclipses the turnover of an organization like Coca-Cola. And, and when we put it into those terms, uh, people start to realize just how big the problem this is and mm. human trafficking isn't one of those things that is is um the issue in a far-off country uh, for example uh, moldova is estimated to be the eighth worst country for human trafficking per capita so as a percentage of the population it's it's ranked eighth and those figures are about to be updated um but it's estimated that 10 percent of Moldovans have been trafficked at some point, 10%. Wow. Now, if that wow. was a UK statistic or a US statistic, that would be uh, profoundly unacceptable. Um, figures vary, but uh, you know, you see estimates of around 50 million people are currently being exploited, whether that is forced labor or, or sexual exploitation. Um, but a country like Moldova, for example, um, and I'm not, this is an impossible conversation to have just about one country. It's just, sure. just to give it some context. Moldova and therefore countries like it are what we call source countries. Yes, there are trafficking domestically where, where you can go to um, environments where it's clear that people are being trafficked in country, but typically it's an, a source country. 
uh, with much of its issues and, and those of, of neighboring countries and other countries across the world being driven by poverty, whereas the UK is deemed as a destination country as well as source. So there, there are British people being exploited as, as well, right. but typically a lot of exploitation in the UK is is from people that have been trafficked from from elsewhere so it's a very very complex situation and and certainly over the last few weeks i've been trying to map um just on a a a local level um how poverty as an example contributes to the issue of of human trafficking but it's that big i guarantee yeah. that someone leaving their house today going on a shopping trip or a business trip or whatever it might be is likely to come across a traffic victim and and here's the challenge what does a traffic victim look like and and they do carry certain characteristics mm. um, and and the more we can educate people on and there are organizations that do a better job uh, than us on this um, but the more people like you and I can spot the signs then the more we can um, help to rescue and restore victims of trafficking wow I mean where do we start with that I mean why why Moldova in particular has why is it the eighth is it is it because it's is it the poverty or it is it is so um and and Whilst we're in in Moldova, I don't want to make it about Moldova, no. um, because this is a a truly worldwide issue. Um, but in the context, a lot of a lot of trafficking, and and in fact, most would say that trafficking really is is a consequence of chronic poverty, uh, because traffickers uh, supply a need, a perceived need. Um, and that is for for income. That is for work. That's that's its primary. Yeah. Um, primary task is is to to convince people that right. um, we are providing you with with something you need and that that is a source of income. It's not, Chris. It's not like taken. No, you know, I, those, I, I, those I, that's it. Yeah, those situations occur. Those situations happen, but but it gives right. this false idea of yeah. of how uh, trafficking is perpetuated um but but it really it's it's it, the, these traffickers are, are are very clever people they use technology even more so um particularly during the pandemic uh they switched from a a very physical way of doing things you know, for example in in moldova posting on job boards to a very digital um approach using right. chat chat room social media um mm. dating sites dating sites is is key another phenomenon over here was in the context of the war um for example we don't truly know we will may never know how many women and children uh fleeing conflict uh have been trafficked by by human traffickers uh, coming across the border not just um the border to moldova where i live um but the various borders uh, around ukraine we may right. never know and um, yeah. we are constantly looking at ways that we can identify that. One of which is is to create a missing persons uh, website for Ukrainian loved ones reporting their their wives or children missing. So I sit on a number of UN task forces, and I don't want to jump around too much because this is such an important uh, subject to laser in on. But just again, just to give it some broad context. Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, I sit on a number of UN um, anti-trafficking and GBV task forces, and um, 
at the beginning of the war, 750 children, unaccompanied children crossed the border. We don't know where they are. And and it's wow. it's highly likely that all have been trafficked. But just to, to the point that I was trying to make, um, the need for accommodation was very, very high uh, mm. in Moldova when people were coming across. And, and this is only an example because, yeah. because no country is unique. Um, and criminals were were taking up rental accommodation and then advertising them to uh, to refugees. Yes. And what would happen is the refugee would would take up the accommodation. They would move in and then they'd get a visit from the trafficker. Their passport would be taken and and they would be exploited either away from that environment or, or exploited within that environment. And and obviously a lot of women uh, will be exploited for sex and and so yeah. um so we we work really really hard uh to to try and address these these issues and um, we we collaborate um, very closely in fact I'm I'm country consultant for an organization called Hope for Justice who mm-hmm. are they've been around for 14 years a UK organization they now operate on all four continents uh, they're they're heavily involved across the Africas and also the US. Um, so rather than than invent something here, um, I was one of their founding members, the founding member of a, an organization called Slave Free Alliance, which is a commercial arm of Hope for Justice. Yeah. And we've brought Hope for Justice and all of that expertise into Moldova now. And it's a very program-driven uh, initiative to look at how we can address the issue specifically of human trafficking across um, the country of Moldova. I mean, it's such a complex thing. Um, I guess even if you save one life, it's, you're, you're making progress. But how how do you how do you measure and track your progress? What do you, do you and also do you have like regular strategic meetings around how to tackle this? Because because they're very sophisticated. These people aren't they? Hundred um, percent. A lot of people, a lot of people say to me, you know, what does a trafficker look like? Um, and and they are very normal people, very sinister people. You you get the archetypal gangster looking types, but but the the recruiters particularly, are, you know, very very normal looking. So yeah. for example, I, I can give you real life stories. So we were supporting a refugee camp in uh, a region and for security and for 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 you know out of yeah. love for the people that have that have um that were at the center of this i don't want to be too specific but um they were approached by a man um saying that he was a pastor a church pastor from romania uh he came with blankets um he came with uh food and they were looking after around 179 women and children. So 98% of the people coming across the border were women and children. Yeah. Because there was an embargo on men coming across. So the only men coming across were either um, uh, of other nationalities, not, not Ukrainians, um, or, or old, too old or too young to, to join the army. And um, so he came posing as, as a Romanian pastor and said that I'd like to support you his blankets his food uh, we have a place for 10 women and their children at our church in Romania so believing him um, the administrators of the refugee camp allowed them to go 
the way to mark, you know, took pictures and everything. And, and then we, then we discovered that they'd actually been trafficked and that they're now being held against their will in a sweatshop working ridiculous hours, um, passports yeah. taken. Uh, the, again, similar MO, they've, they've been told that if they say anything, do anything, attempt to escape, that their families are in danger, that they will kill their their relatives. And and so that's just one, yeah. one of many, many examples of, of, sure. of how cunning these these people are. So what do you actually do then to infiltrate this and stop this? Do you sort of go in there, parachute yourself in and escape with them? Or? <laughs> uh, those those are, there are organizations that do that. Um, we have to be careful. Since we've been in Moldova, my wife and I have closed one trafficker down. And I don't speak Romanian. <laughs> I'm rubbish. I'm the typical English guy. Chris, do you speak languages? Um, I wish I did. And I've got a, a very little limited French and a little, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating now. And some Italian. <laughs> um, so Zoe, my wife, uh, speaks perfect English. She's Romanian. Mm. Uh, she she grew up just across the border in a place called Yash. She is a French and Spanish teacher and she knows a little bit of Italian. Um, so I don't know anything. And so um, uh, and I know a little bit. Four to put sin, as they would say locally, uh, very small. But um, right in the early days, because we we care about human trafficking, we identified um, a church pastor in mm. the village that we were living was involved in exploitation. And, and this is a thing: uh, sex uh, trafficking isn't just uh, re- um, restricted to sex trafficking. Mm. Trafficking is a broad term for a a, a large uh, industry that that is from yes sexual exploitation but right through to forced labor, yes. and human slavery. Yes. Yes. So it you know quite often when we think about trafficking we just think of of the the sex side. Um, so this guy was was guilty of exploiting men, grown men, right, right. to Germany and keeping back some of their their salary. Um, and and it was and he was ruling with with a degree of fear. He was involved in in smuggling guns and weapons across the border into Moldova, and so we we started to watch him and monitor him. And and you have to be so so careful because you're you're dealing with very very dangerous people who will stop at nothing to protect their income. Fortunately, yeah. he was low level, but nonetheless dangerous. And so when we exposed him. Um, he, uh, we would get telephone, or Zoe would get telephone calls uh, from strangers saying, uh, "You need to leave Moldova. Your life's in danger." Wow! And wow. Um, so that's the reality of of when you're dealing with with traffickers. And I say that to address your point that there yeah. are there are very specialist organisations that deal with the the rescue side. Yes. Um, which typically are ex-special forces or, yes, or ex-police. People like us with a very high-profile organization, we have to be so, so careful about how we tackle trafficking and mm. and, and how and so we're very much um on the education side, on on raising awareness. Um right. and and because our belief is and it's the belief of, of organizations right across the world is that if we can educate and and reduce uh, the, the possibility of people becoming victims. That's how you you ultimately yeah. eliminate yes. 
human trafficking. Sadly, if you were to ask me, Chris, do you think we can end trafficking? I don't, because exploitation well, comes in in all sorts of forms, and and it's yeah. the, one of the oldest industries there is. You know, um, mm. you know, slavery and I, 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 taken. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people understand or appreciate the, the size of it. I, I read somewhere that I think even in the UK, one in eight has been a victim of slavery. One in eight people. So it's something like that, isn't it? It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah. And and this is the thing you, you have, a, you know, because I meet all sorts now and I, I, I encounter stories all the time. Um, you see a lot of this with with seasonal workers as well. You know, seasonal yeah. workers are, 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 played, are paid exploitative, exploitative um, salaries um, so someone else can profit. And, mm. and what you have are a lot of you know, so-called immigrants coming across and being exploited by, by, by seasonal workers, and and that's a gateway. That's a gateway into you know more sinister yeah. control and exploitation. You know, so have, um, yeah, I was going to say so. So people like Hope for Justice, who who I represent here in Moldova, are a phenomenal yeah. organization. It's very program driven. You know, it's it's not just an ad hoc um approach it's very deliberate very considered and and just mm. for example as as part of one of the things that we're we're going to be doing over here i posted recently about a meeting at a school and this is really exciting um we uh we had a meeting at school who wanted our support to run an it program and and it addresses so many points and and we were really excited because we believe there's IT companies across the UK who would love to support IT initiatives in what is Europe's poorest country. Yeah. Um, but the light bulb went on during the meeting, and and because we started to examine um, just in this one school uh, to examine what a curriculum would look like, and mm. and it became obvious that you know when we you know when we see people driving a car they've gone through a process they've gone through a process yeah. of of awareness and and understanding the risks involved in driving a car we don't say to to someone here's a set of car keys best of luck yeah and and so we were having a conversation i said well honestly you cannot responsibly teach children how to use a computer and how to do robotics yeah. and programming without first teaching them about the how to protect themselves online and and it was it was a clear moment where we we realized that we have an opportunity to to influence the national curriculum yeah. within Moldova to put cyber security and 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 personal security when it comes to online onto mm. the curriculum onto the educational agenda whilst equipping children in Europe's poorest country to to engage you know it's, it's a very it's a bizarre country because not many people speak english it's incredible right. how i get honestly when zoe leaves the room i'm i'm absolutely flummoxed you know i just right. don't know just you know going like that yeah, yeah. stick my thumbs wow. up. um so i've got to learn at some point but uh you you have a country that this tiny tiny uh, in, in terms mm. of its its landmass and and, and yes. population it's a, a country of 2.7 million suffering depopulation as a, as a as a result of both poverty and economic migration but but isn't teaching um english enough in 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 schools and so we we want to infiltrate the uh educational system and 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 get 
English on yes. the agenda gets get IT, but just as importantly, in a country where uh, it's it's estimated ten percent are trafficked, to yes. to get personal security, cybersecurity uh, on the agenda. So because you have a country that that have access to phones and technology, but yeah. have no awareness of 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 the predators that are no. actively trying to recruit them. I think that's a great thing. I think the education education system in Moldova will benefit from that, but the education system across the world needs an urgent hall. But that, that's probably another another discussion. But, but there's so many things that we, we we should be learning that we're not. But going going back to Hope Hope Four, I understand it's the fastest growing not for profit NGO. And for people who don't know what that means, that that means non government organisation, right? Yeah. So so how do you fund this because this this must be a full-time thing and you know how does all that work is it lots of lots of um charity stuff that you're doing or yeah so so zoe and i came um i mentioned at the beginning about we're, we're approaching our second year um yeah. we we arrived on the 17th of february 2021 um yeah. we were tapping into a an an orphan work um that was was supported by a german entrepreneur over here so so our plan was that we were going to move into this house this specially designed house uh that was built like a children's home and once we got our residency we were going to look after a bunch of orphans which as like a foster carers Mm. and that was our plan um but i'm a businessman so I come from uh, the business background. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I consider myself an entrepreneur. If we agree, Chris, that an entrepreneur isn't necessarily someone that's wealthy, but someone that doesn't know when to give up, I'm Absolutely. an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I came over with that entrepreneurial tenacity. Zoe's a qualified teacher who'd been teaching in UK schools for 14 years. And um, and we came over, and, and whilst we were kind of waiting for the the process to get us ready and qualified to to look after these children i got busy you know i bought that that um entrepreneurial tenacity that business tenacity tenacity into the ngo sector so i'd never really run a charity before we were doing some local work as reach my street an organization i'd set up with my wife the year previous reach my street feeding impoverished families across um Hampshire uh, particularly around Haven where we where we were living mm-hmm. so it was kind of in our DNA to to express and manifest love but we hadn't done anything on this sort of scale so um, we weren't allowed to have children because of a process that we were a part of so we got really really busy and started to to talk about our journey on in particular LinkedIn but also yeah. Facebook and, and Instagram um, and I didn't really have a clue about how to do this. So my my um, which is typical of charities, and I've learned so much, uh, particularly from LinkedIn over the last two years, and and hanging around brilliant people like Leah Turner and now you, to to really understand the culture and the nature of a, a platform like LinkedIn. And yes. I know this isn't a, a LinkedIn advertisement, but but mm. really it's an integral part of our journey as a as an NGO. So yeah. we we would make people feel guilty. We would just show the the <laughs> desperate children and different things, and you know how mm. dare you enjoy your meal whilst someone else here is going hungry, and and that worked for us for a time. We were raising money and raising awareness, and it wasn't lost. It was okay, um, yeah. and and um, 
we we needed to we needed to really go through this massive learning curve and so we started to really understand the power and nature of of a platform like linkedin Mm. And because we we're 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 a not for profit, we're an NGO, yeah. we're a charity, registered charity in the UK, registered CIC in the UK, we're a registered NGO here in Moldova. Sure. Um, but our only we came with nothing, you know. I, you know, I was running a a printer business. I sold sustainable sustainable print solutions. Um, can I and, can I, can I ask, this is the point I want to ask you. I want to jump in here a little bit. Obviously, you've moved from the UK to Moldova in the heart of this awful issue and sacrifice, the word sacrifice is coming up a lot. Why, why did you, why are you doing this? What's, what's, what's the, I know it sounds like a bit of a, bit of an obvious question, but I want to intrinsically know that your passion for this is, is, is palpable. What's going on? Yeah. So four years ago, uh, my wife Zoe had been coming to Moldova um, primarily as a translator for, for people that wanted to come and support orphan work over here. So yeah. she came over uh, for a few years and she famously, four years ago, she famously uh, came home to me and said, crying her eyes out saying, oh my goodness, we did this and we did this and we went into prisons. And and um, I mean, this, this could be a 10 hour conversation in terms of, of what motivated us, but she came yeah. home famously and said, uh, I just started uh, what was proving a, a very successful managed print business that got impacted by COVID. But, yeah. um, and she famously said to me, Chris, I want us to move to Moldova. And I said, literally, quote unquote, over my dead body. Yeah. And, you know, then we, we all went through COVID and, and I was selling printers to, to offices. Can you imagine? offices closed my costs continued my profits uh dropped and um we were in this this kind of horrible situation which a lot of businesses uh were in and we can talk about mental health around that and yeah. um anyway i was in my office and i heard zoe crying and i rushed downstairs and um this is where i get emotional i rushed downstairs and said what's the matter and and she through her tears, she shared with me that um, 74 mums in the region that she grew up in uh, during a three-month period uh, during COVID had checked into a maternity hospital, gave birth, and then left without their babies because of abject poverty and despair, thus sentencing those children to life in institutional care in arguably one of the worst countries to be an orphan because we wow. all know the stories about children being chained to to radiators and being confined to their beds and um i broke down as well yeah and and that was the moment that was the moment that i said okay we have breath in our body i've been blessed with some skill sets um i wouldn't say i was i was the most successful business person in the world but i was i was blessed with tenacity with some yeah. idea of, of how to do things and so I said, look, if, if we can if we can move the business along, then I'm I'm willing to go now. And because she'd already been plugged into uh, some of the work in Moldova, that was the natural conclusion. And and we're not limited to Moldova. This is why we're called Hope for, not Hope for Moldova, because there is yes. a plan to to you know we want to take Hope for uh, worldwide. You know we got to start somewhere, right? Um, and I say that, Chris, because we're constantly getting calls from people around the world saying, well, why not here and why not there? And I'm saying, well, you give us a minute. 
you know, you know, we we love people. You know, it's not just we love Moldovans, but not just Moldovans. We love yeah. people, and yeah. so that was our call. That was our reason. And I I managed to find someone who would take the business over, um, and and that left us to move lock, stock, and barrel. And we left with nothing. You know, we sent a little bit of furniture over um and our clothes and we pretty much left with nothing because covid had just taken all of our savings and and we turned up in this yeah. country with nothing i mean we were we were as much in need of of support as as the people we were serving but we got what what, what why do you think there's only a very small percentage of people like yourself who are willing to sacrifice and give up their lives essentially to help others in this way see I get asked this question a lot, and the, and the truth is, it only needs a few of us. Because imagine if all of us got that call to to go, who's going to support these people? Who's going to support people like yeah. us? We need we need that mix. Um, but I, I responded to that. There's there's a great influence on LinkedIn who posed a question um, last week, and. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about what is what is the crisis that faces the human race, and and yeah. and you you had he had a lot of people that were were making making it about the cost of living, the rising cost of living. Right. By the way, I can talk perspectives. I live in uh, a country with eighty percent poverty. Yeah. People had nothing before uh, the war, and now it's uh, with inflation at thirty two percent and fuel going up by six hundred percent. People have mm. a choice this winter where it gets to minus 30 degrees. They will either freeze to death or they will starve to death or yeah. both um, or both. Prince. Can you imagine people yeah. face massive dilemmas? So so I've got a whole new perspective and the things I used to complain about, like people find it tough speaking to me now because they they end their moan. And, yeah. and we're, yeah. we're all entitled to our moan, but yeah. with first world problems take risks and there yeah, are people suffering absolutely. in the uk there are people su- suffering in the us and across europe i, I don't mm-hmm. deny that but as mm-hmm. as a perspective as a percentage mm-hmm. again you know we 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 are now aware of three people at least that we know of that have died of hypothermia because they can't afford the fuel to put on the fire so so this this question was asked what is the crisis and and i said it's a crisis of love um you know when we board a plane and this isn't by the way i, I haven't got a critical bone in my body i'm i'm a man of love honestly you've yeah, met nice. me i i just love people and and yeah. i don't offer criticism because i i i know that people are in different stages there are people though that have that ability to get involved that have that ability to support mm. us um that aren't yet um so for example i feel like i've been been paying my dues the last two years i feel like all of the posts, all of the videos, which I hate, by the way, I hate seeing myself and hearing myself, <laughs> but all of these these videos and different things are all us paying our dues to say, look, we're being transparent, we're doing the work. And I, I just feel, yeah, yeah. I just feel there's someone out there that's watching us that's going to say, okay, I love it, I love it, I love it, and want to get involved. But my, my response was, there's a crisis of love. Um, when we board a plane, we, we're told to put our mask on first before we help others and 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 that that mentality has shifted yeah. into our humanity and bear with me and th- this doesn't come with criticism it's an observation yeah the, of course our, our, our whole mentality is let, let me put my mask on let me make sure i'm okay now you ask the question what what's what makes it, what makes a person like me 
do what we do. We put we want to put someone else's mask on. Uh, yeah, first sure. and, and to our own detriment. And and some people are critical, and I understand the the whole where well, you've got to look after yourself first before you can look after others. But but there's got to be some sacrifice somewhere along the line. That you know there are people dying, and and I have an opportunity to do something about it. Um, you know there's a there's a, a verse in the Bible that says, "No greater love has any man than he lays his life down for his yeah. brother." I mean, we hear it every every year at the epitaph. There's got to be there's got to be a moment where and this was our moment yeah. where we said okay yes. I'm willing to lay my life down as you know Chris I go into occupied territories in Ukraine uh, bombs going on around me there's one video you see where a drone was shot a kamikaze drone was shot out of the air above me I'm willing to die and I, I don't say that loosely I'm willing to die for people and and all I ask is that others make a small sacrifice so the post i did today was about our cost of cost of a coffee initiative three pounds yes. a month yes um interestingly at the beginning of the conflict i was contacted by a church in the church. uk who said we have fifty thousand pounds to donate we're just about to give it to christian aid uh but someone said i should at least speak to you and so i, I did the whole reason why he should get involved and this is a really important point and um a, a month went past and I didn't hear anything. And I contacted him and said, um, I'm guessing we weren't successful. And he said, no. And I said, can I ask the reason? And he said, Christian aid looks so much better at the top of the letterhead. It's so much better in wow. the newsletter. And I actually said to him, honestly, and this isn't a crit criticism. To yeah, Christian no, aid. of let's, course. Let's take, yeah. let's take Christian aid out of it for a second. Yeah, I said to it's him, not about that. Of, yeah. of these big charities, how much of that money do you think Actually, by the time it's gone into this yeah. hopper and shook around for a while and yeah. diluted, gets the people that the people who entrusted you, the money with you, mm. uh, that it actually gets to the reason they they gave the money in the first place, and and we know in, in, intelligently we know, and and yet because we're small and nimble but very effective, you know we we we're actually able to deploy people's support immediately. So you know this cost of a coffee initiative. Yeah, you want to ask me what I can do with three pounds a month? It's, it's a lot. Colossal. Yeah. It's phenomenal, and, and that's was, without was... even getting to people like Leah Turner and, and what she did. Yeah, and she's going out there with uh, over, isn't she? Oh my goodness, she comes on the twentieth for a few days. So How exciting! It's going to be phenomenal. It's it's going to be phenomenal for us. But I see people don't come here and go back the same. You no, know, you cannot, I'm sure. You, you cannot yeah. see what we see and, and go back the same that you came. So I, I know she's going to go back different and we're so excited to to welcome her. And fair play to her. Um, you, you talked about the cost of coffee thing, but there's, there's, a, there's a saying, isn't there? If everyone swept their own doorstep, the whole world will be clean, right? And um, we're not expecting every person to help, but what can the average person do apart from... I think even if there's a post or two about it from different people, it kind of it, something is something, right? Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I was the proverbial Bob Geldof. You know, I, I was screaming that people give me your money. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, there's and there's a place for that. Um, we saw an incredible response from, you know, I talk a lot about LinkedIn. Ninety nine percent of everything we raise is from LinkedIn. Wow. So we saw a phenomenal response as a result of, of Leah Turner's uh, campaign uh, yeah. uh, when the war broke out. 
and and she is definitely because she's put hope four on the map she's definitely instrumental in having helped raise the 250,000 we have since the war began um but that's enabled us to to make a massive impact we need to build on that now and and we we may not even have time to talk about the various initiatives that we we have but but to answer your question now i say to people we'll talk about us you know if, yeah. if you're not in a position to 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 um donate even if you know if, even if it's you're not in a position to donate three pound a month imagine if ten thousand people donated three pounds a month exactly. you know that's exactly. more that's more than yeah. capable across linkedin but yeah. but but connect with me follow me mm. talk Absolutely. about me you know, I, I see some of these posts um, and, you know, I'm not a jealous man. Uh, and if I am, it's for other people. I'm jealous for other people, you know. Um, but when I see some posts, you know, oh, getting tens of thousands of likes and thousands of comments and, and, it, and it, yeah. it results in no benefit other than I'm not being critical. You know what I mean, Chris? It's a, it's a dopamine. Though. A lot of it is a dopamine hit or there's no actual tangible what's the word um benefit i guess really to, right. to, to, i mean it, but it is what it is where something like this i mean doing one post buying a cost buying a cost of coffee doing something i mean i i, I invest in or sorry i contribute to, to to a few charities but this is one i'm definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna contribute but yeah the, the the reason um why i've got you on the show is is to highlight the work that you're doing to raise awareness and if there's anything i could do then we, we can we can talk about that but with yourself what was the switch that kind of i know you said that your wife said that but have you always been this sort of humanitarian yeah do you know i i, I i'm not saying that's the reason um the way i'm i am but you know i my dad was a preacher and um so i you know i kind of grew up around love and and I am just, I, I, I spent a lot of my life being selfish. Don't get me wrong. Chris Lomas isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. Mm. I, I've made my fair share of mistakes over my life. I cringe at most of them. Um, but I've reached a point in my life where, I don't know, the, the, the switch went on. I've, I've, always, I've always wanted to help people. Um, yeah. You know, that's why we set up Reach My Street, because we wanted to help people. But, but you know, I, I I talk a lot about oranges, and um, and and when I'm addressing groups of people, I'll I'll do orange in, and I'll, um, I'll say to people, what happens when when you get squeezed? And so I'll take this orange and cut it in two, and and literally I'll call a child out and say, look, what's what's going to happen when I squeeze this orange? And they look at me confused and say, well, orange juice comes out. And I'm saying, are you sure? And and this one child, Sam Lou, was really funny, said, yeah, it's obvious. Um, mm -hmm. I said, well, what if I really squeeze it? What if I really squeeze this this orange? What's going to come out? Apple juice? And he said, well, no, orange. And and I say to people, what happens when you're squeezed? What comes out? And and it it's something that's really challenged me throughout um, certainly the last few years of my life. Uh, you know, I'm 52. Don't feel it or act it, but I'm definitely 52. And and I just I I just constantly ask that myself that question in terms of how I interact with people. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm hated, you know, particularly by by people who uh, who um, profit from exploitation. And 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 yet my my response in every situation is is driven by a place of love. So no matter how much I'm squeezed, you know, back back at when the war first began around May 9th, we were contacted by by someone involved in intelligence in the UK to say, uh, Chris, we have we have credible um, intel to say that you and your wife are being monitored by Russia and. So Moldova is a country of interest, um, of and they said they said uh, there's a chance that Russia will invade Moldova around May the 9th because it was this big military event yeah. in Russia yeah. and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And so they said we think you should leave Moldova, and um, and my immediate response was I'm not going anywhere, um, because at the beginning of the war everyone was contacting us to say are you and Zoe leaving. And when we said no, they 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 heaved a sigh of relief and said, "We don't know what we'd do if you and Zoe left." And, yes. and so the organisation has 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 reached a point where people place a lot of hope and trust in us. Yes. And and so they said to it, they said to me, "How tough is your wife?" And I said, <laughs> "Well, a stiff breeze would blow Zoe over. She, you know, she's just this gentle, <laughs> loving human being." Yeah. And so they said, look, if, if Russia invades, they will target you. They're monitoring you uh, as we speak. They, ev you're everything they hate. You're British. You're charismatic, yes. outspoken, a critic of, yes. of the war. Um, they will target you. So they said um, they will target your wife as well. They will capture her. They will rape her just to spite you. And yeah. so we actually got Zoe out the country, Prince House, just across the board, 17 days. Um, what I'm saying, Chris, um, our response will always be love. Our response always has to be love, no matter how much we're squeezed, no matter how much our life is in danger. And it, it is, yes. um, it's constantly in danger, particularly when we go across the border, particularly when we're dealing with traffickers. But, yeah. but I'm going nowhere. My response will always be love. And, mm. and really that, I'd like to say that defines me and my wife. I think that's an absolutely superb way to describe how to deal with life in general and um, what you're dealing with is, is, is huge and it's complex and it's scary and it's awful but responding with love even in the most sort of less important things like being trolled on linkedin or, or having a difficult situation when you respond with love love conquers all and i think we can learn a hell of a lot from that response and i think i think people 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 looking at that will go I, I've I've used that response in in my life, and I found myself in a much better place. No resentment towards anybody, really. And I think I think that um, everyone will go a long way if they operate like that, right? My my sister uses a term, and I, I know it's a common one, but kill people with kindness, mm -hmm. you know. And 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 there's enough hate in the world. Yeah. You know, we 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 see it creeping totally. in on LinkedIn, where someone makes a comment and. And you get yeah. the vilest of responses, and I, yeah. it, I just despair because, you know, we're we're all in this world together, and and if we could just function from a place of love, you know, I don't mm. agree with everything I see, you know, no. I don't like everything no. I see, but but my response has to be love, and yes, and if, yes. if and I know you're like this, Chris, you know, we've yeah. met now, and 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 you exude this honestly, you know, you just mm. spend five minutes, and you know the type of man you are, Thank and you. and. 
if we can just if we it's it's contagious love is contagious it's more powerful than hate and and if we can just use our time what's left of our time on earth to to infect people with love and give them hope that's that's what's you know that's why leah's coming out because she loves people and and she Mm -hmm. wants to make a difference and she wants to make an impact it's not convenient for her to come over it's she's coming in the middle of winter uh to a country that gets to as low as minus 30 into a relative war zone you know it's it's you know kilometers away on the 24th morning of the 24th a week and this is what i was saying at the beginning a week after our first anniversary the bombs dropped we were sat at breakfast and the first we knew the window started to shake and and it was the sound of thunder outside that's how close we are and we knew then the war had started um Mm. You know, Moldova is still a relatively safe country, but a few kilometers away is a war. And yet, despite that, Leah Turner is coming. And I know she's coming with with a lot of a, a big following. Yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to increase our awareness again. But, but again, back to that question, what can I do? Follow us. If you can't financially support us, we've published eight ways to yes. get involved. It's not just about money, but the easiest thing, is is every time you see me post, ring my bell. I'm not yeah, out for popularity. I'm out to save no, life, no. and I do that <laughs> for a living. Um, it's to, I mean, the more we sooner or later, there's going to be a billionaire, a multimillionaire that's going they to will. see our posts is going to say, Absolutely. "Okay, that's what it I'm takes. going to do yeah. this exactly." And it maybe there's one person listening to this podcast now, Chris, that that hasn't been liking, hasn't been following, that might yeah. just be that 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 touch paper that 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 someone sees and they can be involved and it will be attributed to them. They may never know it. That's not what it's about. You know, if we're, if we're out for popularity, don't follow me, but if we're out to make a difference and an impact on people's lives, then Mm -hmm. let's all do this. I mean, powerful stuff. You've talked about being in a war zone. You've talked about risking your life and your wife on a, on a sort of daily basis. You go into these, these places and these refugee camps and these areas of danger you're threatened um you've got the pressure of building what you've built as well how how has that affected your mental health i um people don't see the, the tears i mean sometimes they do because we're sometimes you're in a position where you know you get overwhelmed i did a post uh, a few days ago where i could barely string together because i was pretty much standing on the spot where three men were killed as a result of missile attack and oh, and i was overcome um, but honestly, I, I'm working six, seven days a week at times, 16 hours a day and have been since February. Um, and there's seldom a moment where I'm not thinking I'm not working. And, and honestly, Chris, I'm exhausted. We, we are a growing organization, but our growth is really in terms of our impact. You know, we in terms of honestly, when I say to people that we were a team of three, myself, Zoe and Ivan, and now we have Tatiana who came on a couple of months ago as a team of three, we're changing the world. We're changing a nation. And that's because people, incredible people like Leah Turner, an organization I've not even mentioned on this call yet called Oakland International, who are who are have financing a warehouse, an 1100 square meter brand new warehouse. Uh, Dean Atwell's the CEO. He came over. He came over, and 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 his life was changed. And he's been doing incredible work to support refugees. And and I'm not permitted yet to tell you what we're going to be doing together that not only impacts 
refugees here, but also in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Um, but because of LinkedIn, because of our influence, because of our exposure, we are performing miracles across this mm. this country. And yet it's only a team of now four. That places huge pressure. Um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about me for a second because you asked about how it sure. impacts me. Yeah. But it, it really, the pressure has been incredible. I, there's been times when I've been in the car just crying my eyes out, you yeah. know, and and yes. because there's no outlet. And and then then composing myself to the degree that no one knows anything's wrong. And, and that isn't mm. sustainable. That's another reason, you know, we need to grow the team to take pressure off yeah. Chris Lomas. And, and, yeah. and to, the, to the most part, because we're in a country that, um, you know, I don't speak the language, uh, I, I suffer in silence. And, and I know that's not good. And, and if we're going to talk yeah. about mental health, um, I, I'm, the worst, I'm the worst example, Chris, of, of how to do things because... You know, mm-hmm. I suffer in silence. It's it's that British difficult lip and yeah, don't let the troops see you're bleeding. And yes. and yet there's moments of complete and utter despair. Mm. I think that's something that um maybe I could help you with. I'm I'm here as a friend, mate. If ever you want to talk to me about anything, have a cry. Um, you know, I think it's important to do that because what you're doing is phenomenal, as you say. Um, who leads the leader? You know, everyone needs someone. And uh, by no means is it weak, as you know that. But I just hope that for all the great that you're doing, you do take some time for yourself to sort of, you know, as much as you're helping other people. And I know you said put the mask on other people, but sometimes you do have to put the mask on yourself so you can continue to do that as well. 100%. And I appreciate that, Chris. It's, um, that's, as I said, when we first met at Leah's party, it was mm. it was clear. I mean, you mm. you just... You just bathed me in 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 compassion and and love and support, and I'm getting emotional now. And it's uh, yes. it was palpable, and I'm really really grateful, my friend. Mate, mate, absolutely amazing. We're reaching the end. We, I mean, we could talk for for for, for hours That's and hours and just, hours. Oh my goodness. Um. So printers to poverty is is, is a big is big is a big change. Um. Is there anything that um happened prior to what you're doing now that is worth sharing with the audience because I, I I just feel that there's more layers to this. You know what you're doing is is absolutely phenomenal. In terms of your childhood, talk just a bit more about you as an individual. Give us a potted history of your 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 parents, oh, your, all that kind of stuff. Go on. Yeah. So um, so I was brought up in poverty, and ah, so right. I I empathise. Um, my parents loved us. They were incredible, but. Um, they were poor and um, I talk about this quite often um, I I went to school you're not old enough to know this but um, in in the kind of uh, early 80s we went from you know getting away with wearing anything like flares and high heel shoes you know there's there's one of the Mr Men called Mr Loud that has these right. high heeled shoes with the flower pattern on the the toes yeah. I wore those and but the problem is i wore them at a time when um drain pipe trousers white socks and slip-on shoes was was all the rage and and i was that guy that stood out for all the wrong reasons and and despite my 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 dad worked so hard so so hard he would 
uh, he would walk 40 miles a day to get to work just to make sure right. there was food on the table. And I never complained. I've got a twin brother and two sisters. We never complained. And and I, so I would go to school every single day. I was a gymnast as well. That's uh, something right. that was one of my passions. I was really good at gymnastics. I was really good at running, which helped when when dealing with bullies. But I would go to mm. school every single day, particularly me and my older sister for some reason. Um, and we we would get bullied every single day. I was beaten up most days of my school right. life. And it was again at an age, you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties when when bullying wasn't really on the agenda. They, I mean, it's still bad now, but at least we're aware of it. But back yes. then, you know, teachers weren't aware. They weren't spotting the signs, and they didn't, quite frankly, even care. No. And so no. my, do you know, I was having the conversation. My little sister lives in America, um, and I was having the conversation with her yesterday because she was much younger. We lost a sister to cot death, um, and she she was kind oh, of wow. like a replacement. Sorry. So she was that much younger than than us, and. Um, so we were having this conversation the other day and she wasn't aware. Um, and I suffered in silence. Again, Chris Loma suffered in silence. And, you know, I met one of the bullies a few years later and I'd, I'd grown up a little bit, learned to look after myself. And I, I approached him. It would be a profoundly unfair to say his name. Um, but I remember their names. This is the thing. I'm 52 years old and I remember their names. I remember their yeah, faces. Wow. I remember what they were wearing. That's yeah. how much it, it's, it impacts you. And I went up to this guy and, and went beside him and said, um, do you know who I am? And he looked at me and said, I haven't got a clue. And I said, I'm Chris Lomas. You bullied me wow. uh, all, all my childhood. And he said, sorry, buddy, I haven't got a clue. And he walked off and it was a massive lesson because when mm. you're being bullied, and maybe this is a, a message to, to some of the guys listening to this or some of the people listening to this, that that it's not personal. No, <laughs> these, absolutely these, right. These bullies absolutely. don't have the intellectual prowess to make no. it personal. They're just stupid idiots who yeah. who prey on what they perceive are the weak and, and not realizing they're the weak ones. You know, they're the ones that lack a backbone. And, and if their only ability to manifest strength yeah. is to oppress someone else, then they just prove it time and time again. Yeah. And from that moment on, I realized that I, I've got to let something go. You know, I Absolutely. always talk about, well, I speak to people about letting the bloom go or letting the ball go, you know. And again, it, it, I have an opportunity to speak to people all the time and, and, and school kids. And I, get, I sometimes get people up and I, I have yeah. this yellow ball with a big smiley face on and And I say this ball represents prejudice it represents hate it represents everything yes. horrible and you've got two choices yes. and i typically get two people up and yes. i pre-told one to catch the ball and i pre-told one to whatever he does not to catch the ball and i say this re represents all my hate all my frustration all and i throw it and the person catches it now they own it they own yeah. that prejudice they own that hate and they can't receive anything else whilst they're holding on to that ball and then it's how I, they I, respond. It's how they respond. Exactly. And then I take it off them and throw it at the person, the same accusations, the same hate, and it bounces off yeah. them. Yeah. And and quite often we're, we're bound by the things that we, we hold on to. And, mm. and so I teach people all the time now, don't catch the ball. Just don't catch the ball. Yeah. You know? But the whole, the whole nothing's personal thing, I think you did a post a couple of days ago about compassion around it's it's probably easier to be compassionate to someone who's compassionate themselves or is a good person but actually i think the trick or the answer is to be compassionate unconditionally 
to anyone and everyone. And that sounds very kind of uh, dreamy, but that's the way it's to possible. live your life. It's possible. We've got to kill people with kindness because that's the only way you're going to change the the the, the hardest people. And even even with these yeah. people that are the manifesting hate, we don't know the journey. We don't know what they've been through, no, and they might exactly. be as trapped and hurting as as anyone else. And quite yeah. often, a, a, a showing uh, of kindness, a showing yeah. of love, can be the thing that sets them free from from their own prison. Yeah, and there's always and always an element of ourselves in other other things and people around us. Anyway, you know, we, we've all been in certain situations in different guises and we've just got to just take a step back and as you say have some perspective even if these things are abhorrent to us to other people they'd be like a walk in the park yeah 100 100 so before we kind of before we kind of conclude i mean you touched on it um just give us an overview of some of the initiatives that you're doing moving forward and and what's the vision what's the plan where do you want to be with this because it's um uh, for all the right reasons i want world domination i want um (laughs) I, I want to I want to give everyone across the world hope. You know, that's why we're hope for. It's not hope for anything specific. Right. It's it's hope for Moldova, it's hope for Romania, it's hope for Ukraine, it's hope for the US, it's hope for the UK, it's hope for Europe, it's hope for the hurting, it's hope for the desperate, it's hope for the traffic victim, it's hope for people in poverty, it's hope for people in addiction. I mean, it's a massive vision, and, and we understand it's a massive vision. Uh, but but we we're starting somewhere, you know. It's it's not this foolish attempt to try and be all things to all men. That's for tomorrow. We can be that. We just need people yeah. to stand with us. Whether it's it's doing what you're doing now, Chris, or it's three pound a coffee, or or it's our biggest donation of ten thousand uh, pounds, we can all make a difference. We're all in yeah. a different place in terms of our ability to get involved. But what I can guarantee people is that every penny, every ounce of support they're able to give us is immediately translated Mm. into tangible aid. I talk a lot about real life, real time. If you want to make a real life, real time difference, then if it's not us, do something. Get involved with something, but please get involved with something where you can guarantee that that what you're doing, the, the money you're supporting, or whatever it is, is immediately translated into real life, real time aid if it's not and you want to get involved please head over to hopeful.org absolute pleasure um i can't thank you enough for coming on i can't thank you enough for all the work that you're doing i'm going to reflect on this conversation and come back to you around i want to help not just on this podcast but there's stuff i want to do and i'm going to commit commit to doing that um two more questions before we go where's the best place for people to find you and is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with before before we go so um head over to um hopeful.org uh our social media is we are hopeful that's deliberate because together we are hopeful um connect with me on on linkedin reach out to me um i get i get hundreds of messages and i i get to respond uh quickly this part of what reason tatiana's on board but but if i could leave something with someone i know there's a lot of skepticism around charities we're not that charity. Uh, when you stand with us, you you are making a massive difference, and and that's my that's that's what I want to leave everyone. If if they want to mm. know the confidence of being able to touch someone's life in yeah. real life in real time, then please get in touch. You're an absolute gentleman. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure this is going to impact many many people in a positive way. Thanks so much, Chris. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm.
The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm, contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincherry. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.